Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you because um, every artist we bring on, in our opinion, is great, to be honest with you. Um, but we have Julia Cole coming on. She's doing some great things out there, and we're definitely excited to have her on. And we're excited to talk a little bit about her story in the short time that we do have and, and talk about music. So, Julia, are you here? I am. How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself? Doing great. And Sandy, doing great. And Sandy, are you here? Make sure my wife is here. Uh, yes, I'm on here. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. Hey, how so. are you, Sandy? <laughs> oh, hi. Doing well. So I always like to start the show the same way, kind of a big elephant in the room. Um, how has COVID affected you and how you're moving through through it, maneuvering through all this? Well, COVID has been absolutely crazy for the whole music industry, but I would say I've taken the time to really focus on kind of cleaning house and making sure that things are um, taken care of that maybe weren't getting taken care of while I was on the road constantly. So it's been, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a time well spent. Love that. That's just like even for our show, you know, we started January 3rd thinking we're going to do 80 to 100 interviews the first year. And that was a, that would be a really good plan if we did. And then COVID hits, and I told Sandy, you know yeah. what, this is our year to shine with all this because artists going to need a place to talk. So because of that, last week we actually hit our 200th episode. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> So we, in fact, we had one of your friends on earlier, Casey James. Yes. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we mentioned you yeah, on, saw, on there earlier. Yeah, I saw all the artists that y'all have had on here, and it looks like you've had a ton of incredible artists on. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I guess we owe that a lot to just going all out, and we've just been doing so many interviews, and it's been it's been fun, but it's been hectic. But it's been fun, you know? <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> I feel like most fun things are hectic at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so as we get started here, tell everybody a little backstory of you, a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of a brief overview of you. Well, I am you know, Julia Cole, for those of you who don't know. I'm from Houston, Texas, born and raised there. Um, grew up playing sports my entire life, and I actually didn't get into music the normal way. I actually only started music singing national anthems for my own volleyball and basketball games in high school. Oh, wow. And I know, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, by the time I was 17, I was singing for the Houston Texans and the Astros and NASA and the Rodeo and um, Houston Dynamo and in front of 75,000 people with jets flying over and all this craziness and history existed yet so yeah. it was a very you know backwards start to to getting into the music world but mm-hmm. you know I, I absolutely loved my time in athletics because it taught me so many of the things that I feel like have made me who I am and have given mm-hmm. me the tools to be successful in, in really any career, but hopefully all, like primarily music. Um, yeah. And it's been really fun to, 
get to explore Nashville being there over the last few years and figuring out the music scene and diving in head first. I, I love that. Now, um, and I'm sure since you've done sports and all that and all this, it's probably no different. Um, one of the things I like to talk about on our show that I think that is not talked about enough is, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory behind a Blake Shelton, behind, you know, Miranda and Carrie and all them. But you don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears that come with getting there. And I always like to talk about that because I think it's so imp- – I think it's one of the most important things to talk about because I think fans don't really understand. Fans or even other artists wanting to do this don't understand what it really takes to make it at any level in music. I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us into this, and then we'll talk about that. But we interviewed Allison Steele back in 2014 with two steel girls. And one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up and coming artist? And at that time they were full time with music. And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you want it to be a career, you don't, you no longer own your life. Everybody around you owns a piece of your life. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, to weekends, to holidays, to all that, and they think you can just cancel a gig, no big deal. But you can't because there's 50 people online expecting that gig to happen, so you can't just cancel. So they, they don't understand. Then you've got your family. They have to sacrifice around you um, to help you get to that next level. Then there's days you're just miserable. You know, everybody has those bad days. But you still have to get on that stage and smile like you're having the best day ever. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Yes, the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. So much of that is so true. It's unbelievable. I um, One of my most recent crazy examples of, you know, how you were just saying no matter what's going on in your life, the show must mm-hmm. go on. I was singing the national anthem at Chairman Indoor Stadium for uh, Duke basketball. Mm-hmm. And I oh, had wow. food poisoning that day. Oh, wow. So I literally had been throwing wow. up the entire day and then had to go sing the anthem in one of the most incredible stadiums that I've ever had the privilege of getting to perform in. <laughs> Cameron Indoor is, like, so historic and so, like, I was so excited to finally get to do an anthem there, and I mm. woke up with food poisoning. I mean, it was the most terrifying morning of my life, because I was like, this is either going to, like, like I, I'm either going to make it through this, or I'm going to go viral as, like, the girl who <laughs> got sick in the middle of a national anthem, and I was wow. terrified. <laughs> But it was uh, it was one of those, doesn't matter how you felt that morning, you just figure it out. And I just, you know, just put on my game face. And when the lights came on, it was time for me to sing. I just did it. And I could hardly do anything else the entire day. But, like, for some reason, you're just programmed with that mentality of, like, I think a lot of that does come from my sports background, too. But mm-hmm. the people need people need a national mm-hmm. anthem the people need your performance they're there for it and like mm-hmm. it's got to happen so 
you just figure out a way to do it. And I always like to talk about this side because I think people don't under, really understand the commitment it takes to make it in music at any level. Yeah, it, it has to be your whole life. And I had someone very early on tell me that I, when I was, you know, just figuring out the music industry existed, basically when I was mm-hmm. like 17, my, <laughs> um, at one of my shows, I was the opening act and yeah. a photographer was there taking shots of the headliner but, you know, showed up early and caught some of my show. And mm-hmm. he stayed after the show to be like, look, I know you don't know me, but you've really got something special. And if you're serious about doing music, like, this really can be your career. This really can be your life. Wow. But if you're serious, it has to be every single thing you think about. You have to wake up thinking about it. You have to go to sleep thinking about it. You have to eat thinking about it. Like music has to always be on your mind, this career, this Mm -hmm. path. And it's a blessing and a curse that I learned that so early because I'm the kind of mentality of like I almost feel guilty if I'm like not constantly working. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. that's that's part of that mentality that he – he said, and I never forgot those words because mm. it's true. You know, if it's, if it's, if it is everything you put your heart and soul into and every thought you've had for mm-hmm. how many years, then you can be knowing like you're doing everything you can and, yeah. and you've put in every ounce of effort to make your dream come true. And that's, pretty much all you can do the rest of it's just Mm -hmm. hoping people connect to your music and and hoping that kind of the the stars align Mm -hmm. I love that you know you know because I think it's important for people to understand especially artists that are considering going all in here it's like you know it has to become your life now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice Talk about the glory side, the side that the sacrifice leads to. And, and, I, and I know that the glory side is like it's like you grind, 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 then a little bit of glory, then grind, grind, grind. So way more grind than glory. But when they come, mm-hmm. they're awesome. So tell us a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that, some of those moments. Oh, my gosh. I have, I have a few of them. And <laughs> I'd say there's, there's kind of two different – um, categories of like w- what these feelings like or what the, the mm-hmm. ultimate um, success feels like and one category is when you have somebody tell you that your song changed their life wow. and whether it be someone saying wow. like I was going through a divorce and this helped me get through that or this saved our marriage or I lost my daughter wow. and listening to the song helps me. I mean, it's when you get messages from people like that and you realize like what you're doing as a songwriter really is actually making a difference in people's lives. It's not just a, a showboat, like how many followers can you get? No, it's just mm-hmm. the music is actually bringing positivity to even just one person's life then Mm -hmm. that song I truly believe was worth all the hours, all the dollars, all the effort spent to make it exist. And, and one of the coolest um, 
stories I have of, of those situations is uh, a girl reached out to me on Facebook and said, my mom was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and we're having a benefit for her. Would you please come perform? Wow. And so I told, I told her daughter, the mom didn't know that I was coming. And so I told oh, her wow. daughter, I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Of course I will come. And I'm also going to write a song for her. And oh, wow. the song was called beautiful fighter. I mean, it's not out anywhere. This was, this was a, yeah. a while ago, but I wrote the song specifically for her. And so I'm just like, you know, playing my set during the benefit and everyone's mingling and they're all doing their thing. And then finally the daughter like stopped everybody in the room was like, you know, mom, we have a gift for you. This is a song just for you. And when I sang the lyrics of this song, I could hardly not cry. I mean, every single person in the room was crying. And it was like, it was one of those moments where I'm like, there is no, there is no feeling more fulfilling than knowing you can actually help people get through some of these, you know, toughest moments of their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, the other category would obviously be uh-huh. one of the cool, you know, thousands <laughs> of people and fireworks and jets flying oh. over performances that I've had. And the two most impactful, I think, would have to be obviously the very first time I sang a national anthem uh, for the Houston Texans. It no, was a uh, sold out yeah. season closer Jaguars game. There are so many people there. And I had never sung for anything really outside of just like my high school, my own games where I'd be like in uniform and run back out on the court after I sang. So I'm out here just like, holy smokes, this is so cool. And I remember not even being nervous. And that was when I knew music was definitely what I was supposed to do. Wow. The second Uh, coolest uh, one, (laughs) you can – you can. Do you want to talk about that one first? Yeah. No. You go ahead. You know. Go ahead with the second one. That's awesome. The second. I'm enjoying one this. Was playing uh, with Dan and Shay in Traverse City. Oh, wow. It was. I was opening for them, and it was the day that their single Tequila was number one in the country, and the album had gone number one. And oh, we were wow. on. We were on a lake in Traverse City, Michigan. So there were all these boats docked up to the stage, <laughs> thousands of people. And um, it was just like the coolest show ever. It was, mm. I just remember like my band and I were so locked in and it was perfect weather outside. <laughs> I'm such a weather person. <laughs> like it totally affected me. So it was beautiful <laughs> weather. And wow. then afterwards, Shay and I went out on the town and just celebrated. We went and, bartended, pouring shots, people behind the bar at all these random tiny bars in Traverse City. And it was just one of the coolest, fun shows ever. Wow. And I think those are probably my, my top two right now. Wow. Yeah, because I was going to ask, when you walked out on the Houston one, as you said that first time, what was that moment like? I mean, what was going through your head as you were making your way to the mic? I... 
I'm super competitive and my <laughs> family and friends and pretty much anyone who knew me was like, Oh, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And you're going to forget the words. Like, Oh, are you like, they were like, not like wanting me to mess up, but like yeah. everyone else was super nervous and was expecting <laughs> me to be nervous. And so it almost became like my entire goal to just, prove all of that wrong wow and and the national anthem i had sung so many times that yeah. i don't even really like i'm on autopilot when i start singing that song so <laughs> i was just looking I, i'm in the middle of singing but i'm just like looking around at the people and mm-hmm. it was it was um <laughs> it was really fun to do that anthem actually all of them that i've done every time i walk <laughs> out there it's like Mm-hmm. Oh, well. it's, the feeling doesn't go away Yeah So we're going to take a quick break And then we're going to come back and play your song Do You Mind and talk about that How's that sound? Sounds great Okay here we go Hey everyone We have partnered with another great podcast Called the Sports Guys Podcast You can find them over at Thesportsguyspodcast.com The Sports Guys Podcast Is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Wallet on the counter, I can tell you about the clothes out. I don't even blame you, boy, this dive is a ghost town. I bet you gotta catch the cash, but hey, just saying if you gotta sex to your mind, if I change your mind, baby, I'm feeling like we get it to the bar in the back, order up two more of my Hang around, I'll make it happen, yeah, yeah If you're my 
heard the song. Really great song. So how did that song come about? I was co-writing with a couple of my buddies, uh, Zarni Zedette mm-hmm. and Josh Ronan, and we were just talking about, you know, what my different influences are and my personality and just kind of going through, you know, how a lot of songwriting sessions start with just conversations, just talking about yeah. you know, what all is going on. And I am a pretty outgoing personality and it is not out of my character <laughs> to make the first yeah. move. Like I don't wait for a guy to hit on me. If I'm like, see someone <laughs> cute at the bar, I'm going to go <laughs> say what's up. And mm-hmm. so we started just kind of talking about that. Um, and that's where the idea came about for the, the lyrics and the story, but the musical influence behind it, the, it's a mm-hmm. super like R and B influenced country song. That's, definitely from my my Houston upbringing I mean I grew up in the suburbs of Houston on the north side everybody's listening to Texas country on the south side everybody's listening to hip-hop R&B and top 40 music (laughs) and so I'm just like right smack dab in the middle our locker room playlist had music from you know all of the different players which is going to be a pretty broad range of music Mm -hmm. and I've I've always been influenced by multiple genres, but it's not been, I haven't necessarily been able to like tie them all in into a song before. And it was really yeah. cool to have the freedom and to have, you know, co-writers and producers that were willing to experiment and go, you know, dive oh, well. in with me and just do something fun and not be so down the middle in the box. And um, that's really what this song is. It's just, it's kind of that, that freedom to not only be your true self when it comes to the musical sound and influence that you have, mm-hmm. but also go after what you want, especially when it comes to love. Love that. Yeah. Well, I did. I mean, my, Sandy and I, we met um, this October, we'll be 18 years married. And oh, we met congrats. online. And, and oh, we, thank, thank you. you. We we met online, and of course, in 2002, that was taboo back then. I mean, I didn't like it as now. And right. I told people, <laughs> I felt like I felt like God told me my wife was online, and I, and I everybody called me crazy. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I believe that. I'm going for it. And I went through a lot of women online trying to find that one. And then I'm at February 2nd of 02, the craziest thing. We talked on the phone. I mean, I, I mean, we we chatted first on February second of '02. Mm-hmm. Talked on the phone for the first time February fourth. February eighteenth was we set a wedding date, and March fourth we met in person. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. Yes. What? So and here we are so about to cross right eighteen now, years of marriage. Wow, that's incredible, <laughs> y'all. See, and you made that happen. <laughs> Going after what you're looking for, you got to manifest what you need in your life. Yep. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, one of the things we like to do on our show is, uh, you know, uh, talk about the team behind each artist because, as you know, the people see the artist, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the uh, managers, producers, none of that. And I believe that they don't get enough love. So I always said, we're going to change that. So if you want to take a couple minutes to tell us the team that makes you who you are. 
I absolutely love that this is a segment y'all include because it is so true. I mean, there is a village behind every single artist that anyone listening is a fan of. There's a hundred people behind the scenes in different DSPs, working at all the different playlisting services, working at different, you know, management houses, business management, Mm -hmm. publishing houses, labels. It's never ending. Um, And I'm super blessed and thankful for all the people that I'm getting to work with. Um, I'll start kind of from the beginning because the, this one's like a really, really special one to me. Um, My first publishing deal was with Laurie White and Chuck Cannon. The company was called Holler Music. And um, Laurie produced Toby Keith and Sean Mullins and had three top 20 singles as an artist herself. And uh, Chuck wrote How You Like Me Now, Love the Way You Love Me, American Soldier. And they're -hmm. they're Nashville. Everybody in Nashville knows them. So I was so blessed and lucky to meet them. I actually met Chuck in Houston um, and they helped me really get connected and get my feet on the ground and get started in Nashville. And the reason why I, I also am so consistent with making sure that I always give them the first credit is because I don't really have the opportunity to thank Laurie anymore. She uh, was diagnosed <laughs> with cancer and she oh, wow. passed away. Uh, two Sorry years to hear ago. that. So that's the original Cole team family in mm-hmm. Nashville was, was that squad. Oh, wow. And I still see, I still see Chuck in town, but um, that, that was phase one. And the current team right now that I'm working with, um, my booking agent's name is Blake McDaniel. He's at CAA. Amazing company, amazing people. Love it over there. My management company, I'm with uh, Bob Doyle and Associates. They have Garth Brooks and myself and oh, wow. uh, Kate Snyder and Mike Doyle and uh, a recent person they brought on named Graham. They're amazing, so helpful. Could not do these releases without them. Um, the most recent person I started working with, um, we are, I don't know if y'all have heard of the company Perkins Publicity, but, uh, yeah, Trevor, friends with Trevor. great. And, um, so <laughs> this is our first yes. kind of like two weeks of knowing each other. So we're oh, wow. having fun in Nashville, yeah. um, production wise, Josh Ronan and Danielle Blakey have been producing, most of my stuff. I do have another song coming out soon that Nico Moon is also a producer of. Um, oh, well. The co the co-writers list is probably way too long to go down because <laughs> there's a million of them that I love to death. Um, and I just I feel bad. I'm sure I'm missing somebody that's like mm-hmm. massively instrumental to what I'm doing. But I'll think of it and I'll name them before <laughs> the show's over if yeah. I can think of them. <laughs> That is awesome. And, you know, we kind of got a third co-host also, our little eight-year-old. We always let him come on and ask one question to each yes. artist. And he loves mm-hmm. it. So Sandy's going to get him oh. on real quick. And we've got yes. an 18-month-old daughter. we got an 18-month-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So cute. Because we are a family affair. 
back and, and all that. Yeah. So. And here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Julia. What's your favorite food? Oh, my gosh. Hi. What's my favorite food? Um, is it allowed to be ice cream, or does that not count? <laughs> Here. Yes. Okay, then it's definitely ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and what's yours, Chris? Pizza. Oh, my gosh. I love pizza, too. There's a pizza place in L.A., that mm. does this Italian style pizza, super thin crust margarita, and I'm going to get that this week because you just made me so hungry for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we need to we need to get Little Caesars to sponsor our show because he talks about pizza every time. So you know, they, that would be really cool <laughs> for him to be able to say, "My my favorite is Little Caesars pizza." <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And then the other day, for the first time, our 18-month-old daughter, we we got we got Little Caesars pizza, and we pulled up to the house, and we're about to get out, and she says, "Pizza, pizza," and Sandy and I look at each other like, "What did she say?" <laughs> we were stunned that she said, "Pizza, pizza." Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I think we eat too got much some pizza. Smart cookies. <laughs> Yes, she already knew oh what God. it was. She was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So with our last couple minutes left, tell everybody um, it, any advice you would have for an artist trying to, re, trying to do what you do, you know, just kind of basic stuff. You know, I, I get this frequently from people online, like, other artists will like DM me if they're just now starting out and asking the same thing. Um, it, it's definitely a multi-step answer, but I'd say there are there are a couple of things I think are super important to being a musical artist. And one, you have to know who you are. You have to know. <laughs> your brand, your message, what is it that you stand for? And you have to figure that out before you can expect anyone else to understand it and be fully behind it. And it has to, it has to make sense with, with everything you're doing in your life. And I think that's one of the things that is the biggest turning point in a lot of artists' careers or is the biggest thing that stops a lot of artists from from yeah. having lifelong careers is that they didn't do something that was truly authentic to them at first. And they don't want to keep doing that Tell it wasn't authentic. So like yeah. that is a huge, a huge number one. And then number two, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of songwriting. And I was one of those people. I didn't grow up in a town full of songwriters. I didn't understand yeah how difficult it was mm-hmm. and how hard it can be to to really refine a lyric. And Nashville is the mecca for songwriting. So if you're trying to yeah. learn how to, how to really get a message across, um, there are a ton of songwriters in Nashville that even post like YouTube videos or host online clinics and things like that for people who aren't in Nashville. Mm-hmm. But this is like, you have to, study the art of songwriting because it is it's so much more intricate than 
even I could have possibly imagined. And every year I look back at the songs I wrote two years before and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I let people hear that. You know, so it's like yeah. it's constantly growing. It's never a finished pro- process, um, but yeah. it's one of the ones that I think has to be focused on yeah. just as much as knowing who you are. Love that. So, you know, because I have a short time with you, which, of course, we normally do 60 minutes, but we had to narrow it down to 30 today. Um, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that would be great. Absolutely. Um my phone number, if anybody wants to text me, is 281-336-9956, and it actually is my phone. It comes to my phone. I can respond to you, and I can send you cool extra new songs that aren't released and fun things like that. Uh, my Instagram is at Julia Cole Music, Twitter at Julia Cole Music, um, TikTok, same thing. Snapchat, same thing, and YouTube, Adjulia Cole Music, Facebook, same. I mean, you can contact me on any of these, really, but my favorite is definitely be texting me or Instagram. Love that. And we really enjoyed having you today on the show, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad you all liked the new song. We loved it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Of course. Y'all have a good one, okay? All right, you too. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye, y'all.